What's up, everybody? F.P. Santangelo Jr. and myself, Kevin Franzen, wanted to sit here and talk real quick. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in Major League Baseball, rule changes, um, draft positioning changes talked about. I mean, is everything with the labor contracts and, and you know, the, the cold stove that we've been talking about this whole offseason, I think some things are starting to get going on the player's side. What do you think there, F.P.? Yeah, it's starting to heat up just a little bit. I mean, we're getting Bryce Harper news here in the Bay Area, but we were just waiting for that one big signing to happen, that one big chip, and then we're all betting on everybody else to get signed. But do you really think that's even going to happen? Mm, I still think people are still going to be... They're still going to be holdout. Yeah, they're still going to be holdout. There's still going to be guys where we're getting closer to opening day or maybe halfway through spring training, and now we're like, okay, guys, (laughs) okay, we get the joke. Yeah. And nobody signed yet. Absolutely. And we don't have Adam Jones, or we don't have Manny Machado, or we don't have Dallas Keuchel, and they have no place to go because uh, you, you want to talk about maybe collusion? I don't know. But it could be anything. It could be a number of things. It, it It's really just people holding out, though, and trying to – I don't want to see de- devalue players, but maybe – ah, man. Just, yeah. just trying to pinch them out of uh, everything they can uh, – Get out of every single player on their roster. Well, the collective bargaining agreement's up in 21, and, and we know that what everyone's been talking about throughout entire Major League Baseball, Sports Talk Radio, is a strike is looming. But today, you know, a lot of stuff comes out about the rules and, you know, some changes that could happen. And for me, I see some of these changes as a starting point for Major League Baseball not to lean towards the strike. If, if there's certain things that happen, if there's certain concessions by the owners and, and players on, on so many aspects, stuff that I feel like this these things that were brought up today or that were, were thrown out there by the great Jason Stark of the Athletic Hall of Fame uh, writer, it, was, it, it, it should have been taken care of last CBA. Stuff that should have been done a while ago, and we wouldn't be worried about what would happen in 21 when you had a record-breaking $10.3 billion in revenue this year. And and, and some of those things, I feel like, I don't know if it's going to change how free agents sign this year or if they sign quicker because of, of rule changes, but I think the general landscape of baseball gets better with a couple of these. I don't know how you feel, but I, I, I just – the one that doesn't need to happen is the the backing up of the mound. Yes, that's absolutely ridiculous, I think. It's been the way it has been, and everybody's adjusted for all these years. Why change it now? And people don't really think about this, too. Uh, bat speed has gone up. Everybody's bat speed and reaction time has gone up. So they can actually adjust to 100 miles per hour now. Maybe not so much back then, but the game catches up with itself. I think a big one, Kevin, is the universal DH rule and how it's going to really help with free agency. Just because if you have the universal DH, well, now I just want to go on the record. I'm not a DH guy. I'm yeah. a big National League guy. Everybody thinks it's ridiculous that I'm 23 years old and I don't believe in the DH. I'm old school like that, I guess. But if you have the DH rule and Bryce Harper now, Manny Machado, all these guys feel just a little bit more comfortable signing with the National League team. Yeah, I just – I I wonder – about those guys that signed earlier in this this offseason, like the Donaldsons, right? If, if mm-hmm. Josh Donaldson doesn't sign for, what, one year, $23 million, if there was a, a, a universal DH, does that change, right? I mean, I, I, don't, like, I don't like the DH at all. Um, bring your glove to the field, bring a bat. 
Mm-hmm. I'm all about that. And But at the other part, more importantly for me, it makes a manager. Like it, there, There's so many things about a manager that can manage a game, manage a whole bench. I mean, you're looking at guys that, that you know, the – one of the things we'll get to real quick is is the 25 to 26 man roster. Well, if there's a DH, who cares about the roster, really? Right? You could you could just you could seriously play your your eight guys out in the field, your pitcher, you have your DH, and that's it. You're rarely going to use, D, you know, pinch hitters. Um it the art of pinch hitting, the art of managing, the art of catching when it comes to robo umps. There's so many things that could change based on certain things, right? And for me, I'm looking at this going Hmm. If you take if you want to get a DH, then literally owners are saying I don't really owners management all that stuff are saying eh, the managers whatever. He's I think whatever. he's he's just a placeholder. I think what you're seeing with that crowd, if it is going that way, and we already know this, and a lot of people do know this, but if you don't know, the game's being taken over by guys that didn't play the game, and there's so many elements you just mentioned right there, which pinch hitting, managing bringing guys in, shuffling other people around. Strategy, big part of the game. It adds so much flavor, so much character to it, and you're giving guys more jobs too, more opportunities to perform. All that goes wayside, all of it gone, if you do a universal DH. And it shows you where it's more money incentive than ever. There's more money grabbing than ever in a quick Band-Aid fix than ever before in the game of Major League Baseball. Hey, Quick question: Did you know how many uh, how many DHs last year qualified for a batting title? Ooh, good question. Uh, let's go with a low number because I'm guessing it's a low number. Let's go ten. Two. Two. Are you kidding me? No. You like that? Are you Dude, that was so much like your dad, right? I there. know, Are right? You kidding me? <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, two. I couldn't even tell you who it was, but I just read it in a book. Um, That's incredible. It is. It is incredible to think. And and look, the you got Edgar Martinez going in in the Hall of Fame this year, right? I mean, you you have certain Frank Thomas has gone in, predominantly a, a DH, and and we're looking at certain things. Yeah, it is an important factor, but the two league distinction is awesome. Like if you're in the American League, you're an American League player. Mm-hmm. There's certain guys that like being a National League guy. Like a part about the versatility of rosters in the National League compared to American League, right? I mean, you're seeing so many different things in the National League in that game. I I, I don't know. I And it brings such a great element to the World Series, does. too. It adds like, okay, it does. were and you, you know the what? best Everyone American always... League team truly? And will the DH really define that game for you? Or are you more prepared bench-wise for a National League matchup? No doubt. And no you doubt. really know how deep a team is. With that... Think of all like the Mookie Betts talk, right? Mm-hmm. Like, was he going to move the second? Is, that was great. Is J.D. Martinez going to play left? Is he going to play first? Is it, What's going to happen? What are they going to do? Like, that's the stuff that, like, I love because it's about playing the game of baseball. Like, when it's become so stagnant, if it's just the DH and you don't use your bench and, you know, we could say, oh, we'll, we'll still use the bench. You're not going to use it at the same – you don't have the same usage of it. You just don't. And then you need – it's funny because when you get to a managerial perspective, how useful is a manager – if everybody has a DH, do you really even need a manager at that point? No. Or do you need just a computer is, to run an algorithm to make a lineup for you, to send out pitchers, have like a contingency you're plan just a card? You're psychologist, right? Pretty much. I mean, like, everyone, uh, there's so many people that say that anyways, but uh, no, you become just like the team psychologist. It's true. You want to manage personalities. That's it. 
You're not managing a game, truly. For the most part, a lot of ideas, well, I'm not saying all lineups, but ideas are thrown out there from front offices to these organizations. It happens in the minor leagues. I, I, I don't even know one minor league manager that sets a lineup. So what is a manager? What is the definition of a manager in Major League Baseball if there is a universal DH? Well, it's shrinking every Does single he year. Does become a head coach? Mm. Like college? Yeah. I don't know. It's just like certain thoughts that I have on that. It's Look, I, I, I understand both sides. I understand like a pitcher getting hurt while on the base pass. But every bit of what I'm going to say right here has everything to do with the respect I have for Max Scherzer. And it has nothing to do with you being a Santangelo and me talking about the Nationals and me playing for the Nationals, all that stuff at any point in time. Max Scherzer is like one of my favorite athletes. Athletes. Not just pitchers or baseball players. Athletes. This dude, not a good hitter. Turned himself into a really good hitter as far as a pitcher goes because he cared about it. He would spend more time in the cage and in, in, in hitting off a tee, talking to the shoe man. I know talking to Kevin Long now, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. But he's gotten better and better and better. Why? Because he cares. And uh, I, I, I just don't want to see that lost. I love the fact that that guy battles. He competes, man. Clayton Kershaw busts his ass down the line. You know Every what? You, time. you bring up Clayton Kershaw. I will never forget this moment in my entire life. Tell me, tell me Dodger Stadium. It wasn't in Dodger Stadium, oh, but it was at Nats Park. Uh, the Dodgers came into town. He's facing, I think it was Strasburg, I want to say. And he's up to bat. It's his first at bat. There's two outs. Not a big deal. You know, there's nobody on in front of him. He doesn't have a job to do. And he strikes out on a 2-2 pitch. And I remember this so vividly. Let's out the loudest F-bomb of all time. He is so upset that he couldn't get on base for his team and help the cause. Not that, okay, I'm going to jog down here. I'm going to get out. I'm going to get back to my routine, get on the mound. He was so overly competitive to find a way to beat Strasburg on the mound that he was not satisfied with that at-bat. And he turned the page quickly, but that fired me up in that moment, and I will never forget that for the rest of my life. And you've seen that firsthand with a number of pitchers, too. You're taking that element out. Yeah. No, dude, you know what's crazy is that you bring up – I mean, this is not to try to top. No, go for it. 2014, Kershaw just got a hit up the middle. I can't even remember who's pitching, but he got a hit up the middle. He's on first. He's talking. He's great. But he's getting locked in. You're like, this guy's dialed. We had a particular person that moved from right to center field, jogged in on a ball that was a base hit up the middle. Okay? Mm-hmm. Are we following each other on this one? Yep. I remember this. Put his head down, kind of, you know, not lollygagged, just jogged in, whatever. Kershaw went first to third on him. I remember that. And I, it, for whatever, he could be the greatest pitcher that we've had in, in, in our time, you know, or whatnot. I will always remember, not the pitching part, but that. And it was about the baseball player in him. He went first to third, diving like, you know, I don't even know he went head first, but to make it, you know, more exaggerated, diving head first in the third, but he just went and the next thing you know, he scored on a pass ball. I remember when he popped up, whether it was a slider head first, whatever, and he was right in the dugout's face going berserk, mm-hmm. yelling. And I was mm-hmm. like, dude, this guy wants to win. That's and that's the thing, is that like I just wanna I love to see the full baseball players. Now you have in retrospect, you have what? A few guys, I mean, I, I could pull up pitchers in at-bats on the year, and it's really not as many as you would think these days because not many guys are getting 
three times through the order, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that that's a big thing. Um, so why why would you take it away? Like, I mean, the only I, I don't know. I just see I just see like the Tim Flannery and Mark Gardner always being out at you know early in BP and throwing ball after ball pitching machine for guys bunning and seeing guys get their you know nose in there and and Kaner and and, and you know even Timmy turning on the, you know finding ways to to learn how to sacrifice bun I, that, that's just stuff I love and I love the fact that the American League has their style I love that there's two styles and they collide in the World Series and I love that no other sport has that and that's baseballs and baseball mm-hmm. needs to keep it that the only argument I see is to produce more offense. But is it really going to produce more offense? Is every National League team going to go out and get a DH right away? No, they're just going to look in their system first, and maybe they'll sign one. Maybe a, a few competitive teams will, but it's it's just so unique to the American League and the National League to have their own ways. I think it would actually be hurting baseball in the long run. And it would the, the National League and the American League and all their history through 100 years would just be gone. No, no it'd just be Major League Baseball now. Didn't really matter, I guess, like in your division. But like they become it. the umpires. Yeah. <laughs> because, no, remember? I mean, yeah. it, it, well, you don't remember. It was before your time. And it was when I was growing up. American League, National League. Yep. Those were the umpires. Sets of umpires. Yep. And now it's, you know, they have a union and they're awesome together. And, uh, you know, everyone's just one happy family. But it's, that was the beauty of it. I, I just remember having the distinction. There was a, they had the huge NL or huge AL on their hats. I mean, that's that's that was fun. So I don't like that part, but whatever. It happens. All right, how about this? Uh, we've talked about real quick, and we kind of dismissed it because we like to dismiss things here. Uh, 60 feet, 6 inches, moving back the uh, the, the rubber. I Let's just not even talk about it other than saying that's just a stupid, stupid thought. It's okay? asinine. Okay, so we're going to go there. Uh, lowering the mound 6 inches. Mm. Well, 15, it, it it went down from 15 to 10 in 68 to 69 season, right? Mm-hmm. They're talking to move it down to four inches. So I'm going to ask you this question. Maybe you know it. I don't Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. What's the little league mound? What's it tight? Ooh, that's a great question. Well, <laughs> it depends on, uh, Who's the director of the farm system in the little league? And if they want to have their son be a pitcher. Hey, okay, Williamsport, so they, what's it supposed to be? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know, but there's a big discrepancy. Six inches. Six inches, okay. Wow. Okay. So if you move it down six inches from 10 to four, that's lower than the little league mound. Hmm. So why not just make it universal? Okay, I'm. I'm a, am I all about this? No. But I'm also about, like, let's figure this out. Okay, so let's see both sides. If you lower it, why don't you just make it universal? You're a little leaguer. You throw from the same height. And maybe maybe that's a cause, that there's no arm injuries because of that. I don't know. Who knows? It might have a correlation. You I never think, know. I think what you're messing with is pitches, and not so much yeah. the fastball. The tilt on the fastball will be the first thing everybody goes to, but what about the splitter? Slider. What about a slider? slider what split, about a changeup that rolls off the table? Well, now it's not going to be as effective. So now you're giving the upper hand a little bit more, maybe a lot of bit more for some pitchers, two batters, but how is that going to affect the entire league? You're messing with something that has been around and has been working, and Franny, I want to ask you this question. Do you really think that every single mound in baseball is the exact yes. same height? Yes, absolutely. 
Okay. No, I don't. Some, <laughs> no, I don't. Thank you, because Dude, you look I, at these mounds and they're ridiculous sometimes, and sometimes you're like, okay, like look at. Uh, I want to say it was Marlins Park, dude. Maybe it was because I sucked there. I think I was like a 100 hitter there. Anyway. um, If you look around the league and you look at pitchers' numbers at home and they're just way better than they are away, uh, you know, besides Rockies and the ballpark and there's dimensions at play there and home run pop and where the fence is at, you can see there's a lot of advantage at home for some pitchers. They have just a little bit more lively fastball. They're – their stuff breaks better. It drops off the table more. I want to say the Astros mound looks like a damn hill, a damn mountain. Dude, Those there's guys someone that I remember it. going to the mound going, <laughs> I'm not going to say who I was looking at or whatnot. I'm like, dude, this was a climb. Like You're going up this thing going, this is high. Yeah, you're going to roll your ankle, you feel like, Absolutely. Sometimes. Yeah, I, I, you know what the best part is? The gamesmanship, too. Like some places, they're supposed to have the same mounds as, as the uh, – the home mound if you're the visiting team, but yet their bullpen is completely off. Yep. That's the best. I mean, there's so many things about baseball that are beautiful. Like if, okay, whatever. I mean, if it goes down to, to four, the four inches thing, no. Six inches, all right. And you're probably thinking, okay, why aren't people making a big deal about this? Because you expect it now. Once you get into that yeah. level of pro- professional baseball, you've played your whole life, you get to the big leagues, you expect that gamesmanship of, okay, how are they going to mess with me? How are they going to try to throw me off? What's different about this park? And it makes everything unique and beautiful in that own way. And it makes you hate the opposition a little bit more. Maybe yes. they get under your skin. And it's That's all awesome. part of the competition. It's great. That's awesome. All right. Moving on. I mean, we got all these rules and all this stuff that's being proposed. And, like, all – there's so many that are good. There's so many that are bad, whatever. But they're ideas, and they're talking. That's a huge thing. Bruce Myers, the new negotiator for the uh, MLBPA, doing huge things, I think. We're finally seeing it. Where was he during the last CBA? I don't know. But April to August, rosters 25 to 26. Adding a guy. Could be a big deal. Could I be a huge think. deal. Do you like it or not like it? I like it, and then I don't like it at the same time. Okay. Because if I think for a National League team, you can platoon another guy yes. to come off the bench. And automatically, gotta, though. And, and part of the rule is you got to keep pitchers at, at, at 12. Exactly. So only seven relievers. Okay. So if you keep the pitchers at 12, that helps a whole bunch. And it actually helps the American League, too, with some depth in the World Series. So there will be a little bit of fallout for that. Gets a, another guy a job. It makes the, the, the club a little bit less exclusive, if you know what I mean. The fraternity mm-hmm. of Major League Baseball. I want to hear your thoughts on it. I love it if there's no universal DH. Okay. I think that it, just adding another piece there and, and, I mean, even if they went 13-13, I'm good with that. But the 13-12, do I keep an extra pitcher? Do I keep an extra position player? It's eliminated. Now you keep 13-13. Okay. That's where I would go with it. Keep it right in the middle. Yeah, if you do keep it right in the middle, I guess it's more fair. And you won't it have just, that. You won't have that like, like it, stacked pitcher roster, yeah. which would and, just and be it, okay, annoying. Okay, so then it brings up the Shohei Otani. Yeah, it does. So like now, it, what is he designated? Because now I, it, there's so many things. There's like part of this rule is no position players would be allowed to pitch, which I love. But what do they do if they go extra? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Um, I, what if know, you go 30 innings? What if I mean because we know baseball, there you, you can expect to go to the field for the unexpected, right? Exactly. Well, then you just make it a doubleheader the next time you guys see each other. 
Like, where, yeah, so what does that turn into? Exactly. Yeah, it would be, uh, it'd be sticky. And you know exactly the first year it happened, within the first week, something like that would happen. Oh, Is that just baseball? Sure. That's just baseball. The baseball gods or the universe would just make it happen. For sure. A big one, Franny, I want to talk to you about a big rule change. And fans think this is just like the greatest thing in the world. And I want you to explain to fans why it's a big deal and why it's not universally liked in the minor leagues is the 20-second pitch clock. Because everybody thinks this is the, the go-to answer. Uh, fans who haven't played, it's okay if they think this is going to be the go-to answer, but this really, really disrupts the game of baseball. Hmm. How do you want me to answer it? Well, truthfully, okay. how do you feel about it? Have you experienced the pitch clock I've experienced before? the pitch clock, and it sucks at the beginning, and at the end you don't even care. Okay. But then again, I wasn't a, wa- I wasn't a guy that walked around the box. Okay. I've heard from different guys that have played in the minor leagues. They hated it, they super hated it, or it was annoying. Nobody ever said, like, oh, yeah, dude, the games were a lot faster. No, the was game, you know why the games game. are faster? There's no commercials. That is You why. don't have any commercials in the minor leagues. Like, throw everything out. The game's not sped up because of the pitch clock. But what I will say is as the, the pitch clock eliminates the guy walking around the batter's box walking around, adjusting his batting gloves, and making this whole thing. That is one. Number two, like, we can – there's no there's no Corey Gearance. I remember Corey in the minor leagues in Sacramento, he had to step off the mound a few times. Like, step off the rubber, you could reset the shot clock there because he couldn't get it going. Like, that's just part of the thing. There's guys that are at 28 seconds. Look, most of the guys, uh, I think it would affect the relievers more than anything, not starters. And maybe I'm way off. I don't know the, the total numbers on everything, but fan graphs will, will have uh, leaders on the whole thing. So I'm going to pull that up for you. Um, what I do know is that I I don't really care. If they if they put a pitch clock there, um, you're going to have a lot of guys bitching, and that's what I don't want. I don't want guys to bitch about our game. How much Baseball's is it gonna... our game, right? It is. We love our game. How much do you think it's going to speed up the game? Truthfully, with still commercial breaks, when you still have stuff going on the the jumbo, dude, I'm just telling you right now, the only way that made the number one reason or way, not reason, way they speed up the game in an easy way is split screen, commercial and game. Whether you throw a commercial in there, how many times you've been to so you've probably been to more games in your life than than I've been to, seriously, as a fan, yes, yeah, and. How many times have you seen the the pitcher just waiting out there going, I have to wait for the two two minute, fifteen second, you know yeah, they're commercial just playing, clock to go? They're playing catch with a third baseman, maybe exactly. the shortstop. It's that's it's, crap. Yeah, it's that's crap. That's so, part of flow of the game. That's part of everything. I like that idea. I know they did do that in the World Series a little bit and it wasn't too received well because sometimes the ball would be put in play during the split and screen who commercial. Cares? Yeah, well, you're right. missing See, out you on the crack no of the bat what, and some of the sounds. No matter what, people are going to bitch. That's yeah. what we've learned, right? Well, here, how about this? To make no. to make up nope. for that. No, nope. <laughs> you're not allowed to say it. Don't say it. You know where right. I'm going with this. Go to make up with the ad revenue, if you're going to lose that commercial time and you shorten up the commercials, what about putting either augmented reality ads on the field? We've seen that before in oh, center, yeah, left, it's or a right giant field. Green screen, right? Exactly. Just put stuff out there. That's what I said. Time. In football. Do that, or this is this is I I don't I don't want this to happen. Put ads on the jerseys. Do it. Put um, ads on the jerseys. I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I why people don't 
I don't. I mean, they do it in the Dominican and Venezuela and Puerto Rico. Does it matter? It's becoming more cool because look, not the only NBA, the NBA do does it. it, soccer's been doing it for years. Yeah, for sure, I mean, I, I'm all for it. All right, dude, check this out. This is this is incredible. All right, if we were to go to the 20th, all right, on qualified relievers, 20th on pace, 20th. That was Blake Trinan. Do you know how many seconds in between pitches he would take on average? Mm, That's a uh, good question. It is good 20 question, seconds. Aguado. 20 seconds? Yeah. Really? No. 20 seconds? Okay. No. How long? 28.4. 28.4, wow. Uh, two former team – actually – Two former Nationals in Craig Stammen and Tyler Clippard were 28.5, 28.6, respectively. Corey Gearin at 29, not even the worst. Barry his own, Novato native Bud Norris, third, number one at 31.2 seconds. That's where the pitch clock comes in. I'm sorry. It does? I don't, I don't want to hear this like, well, my psychologist and the team uh, motivator is telling me that I need to take more and more deep breaths in between pitches. Save it. Go up and pitch. Joe Kelly, 30 and a half. Jeez. Okay, so this is – that's bad. All right, so let me go – I got to get to page number – what number is this for a reliever? I can't even get to the right page on this. I'm looking up pace, right? So you get to pace, and you're trying to find where does it get to 20. Okay, I'm on page two. Felipe Vasquez is number 60 on this list. 26. Wow. So I'm going to I'm going to fast forward this and hopefully it comes up to page number 4. Drew Steckenrider from the Marlins is 120. 23 and a half. Bro, we're going to page 6. How about that? Page 6. Tie block as a reliever 54 innings, 19.9. So it takes you till page 6. Number 151. 151 pitchers to get underneath the pitch clock. Okay. That convinces so, me. Uh, number one. So number 150 is Edwin Diaz of the uh, Mariners, now Mets, closer of the Mets. 20.8. That's next. Dude, right there. We're, we're just like, that. that's incredible. That's just the relievers, right? That's a, That's honestly, I've never been a fan of the pitch clock. I've heard all my friends gripe about it. That is the most compelling argument I've heard about it. I didn't realize it was that bad of a situation among relievers. And with all the relievers we have now in the game, we even have uh, starters and stoppers and whatever. Yeah. Have you? Uh, that's crazy to me. That's absolutely crazy. And if you have five or six or seven pitchers in a game and five of them are, of those six pitchers, are relievers and they're taking half a minute – to oh, throw yeah. one pitch. Oh, yeah. And there's Mike maybe... Fultonavich on the starters is 20 and a half. 20 and a half. And he flies, dude. He well, flies. compared to everybody else, yeah, he does. Uh, Justin Verlander is number one on the list. 27 seconds in between. So, I mean, look, as a starter, dude, I can understand a guy taking a little bit more time here and there because, you know, they're trying to conserve their energy, do all that stuff. I get it. So, when it comes to the pitch clock... Look, I think it. I didn't. I think it affects relievers more than anything. I think that's where they need to go. I'm. I was never about this. Never. I'm all for it. You know why? Because of those reasons. It took until page six. Qualified reliever number one fifty one to get under, under. And by the way, 
He's the last qualified. He's literally the <laughs> at one fifty one qualified relievers, and that 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 to me, that that just blows me away. It tells you all away. you need to know, pretty much. I mean, yeah. what what other what other things you need to know? Maybe if you had a batter, how yeah. long he takes into the box, but with with how many pitchers are put into a game, and maybe you have a guy that's one. There's usually one or two slow guys per team to get into the box four times. Okay. It's not that bad, though. It's no not doubt. every single pitch. No doubt. It's yeah. not every single pitch. It's an average. Anyway, all right, let's move on. Reduce rosters in September from 40 to 28. Um, expansion right now as we speak is optional. This would be a mandatory. You get to 28. Once the So the, the MLBPA came back and fired back a couple wrinkles in there today. All 30 teams are required to expand to 28, number one. All teams are required to add four minor leaguers after the conclusion of the minor league playoffs. So to get it to 32, there from there, you get down to 28 active. Thoughts? Mm. That's it. Sounds kind of high school to me. It's like okay, well the varsity team made the playoffs. The JV season's over. Let's put bring up four minor leaguers. And I know it's you typically like that, but I. It, it takes a lot of opportunities away, I think, from developing teams, first and foremost. Because if you have that 40-man roster, you have a lot of different guys that can get looks. You kind of start developing your team for next year. And I'm talking about teams way out of it. So you're taking opportunities away from guys. You're giving reps to guys that might be banged up or hurt all the time. You can't give certain guys rest. It's it's kind of a sticky situation. See, I, I, I love it because the the fact, number one, they're the teams that are, that are S-E, you know what I mean? Yeah. Shiitake, mm-hmm. yeah, they're not good. They're not good. They abuse this to look at those guys, and they keep games going. So why why should they have a bigger roster than a team that has thirty two? Everyone could come back with, well, then everyone should go to forty. No, no, no. I just i I go back two thousand twelve. I'm with the Phillies. We are in first in the wild card, or, or we might be even second, and we're a couple games up in that route. Whatever we go to, we go to Houston. Houston's dog ass at that time. We all know about them tanking three years in a row, over 100, 100 losses. And Tony DeFrancesco is their 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 manager that comes up, and he's now managing the big league team. And he was a longtime A's guy. Anyway, long story short, they had their full forty man roster on there. They had a they had a triple barrel going. You ever seen it? You've seen the double barrel in the bullpen. Two relievers going. Triple barrel. You ever huh? seen a triple barrel? Uh, they had a guy on deck. So when one guy went in, the next guy went to the mound, but he was already throwing. So therefore, the next guy there, I mean, it was unbelievable. Each game hmm. in that September, Interesting. the quickest game was, and they're all nine inning games, four hours and three minutes. Huh. Well, Brutal. You, you might have found and a, we got And we wrinkle. got frozen. We got frozen. We got absolutely like we. I mean, there was like a thousand fans in the in the stands. It sucked. I'm listening to myself. My my thoughts are actually being heard. It was that <laughs> empty. You're like, did I just say that out loud? Yeah. Oh no. Absolutely. Okay. So for me, I always go back to that. I'm like, you know, yeah, it, it, take away jobs, whatever. You know, I I don't care. I feel if you're a team that has gone into it and, you know, you're winning. And you're you're on the the cusp of winning. Instead of just playing spoiler because you have so many guys and you're gonna lull this team to sleep, beat them. 
that's how you that's how you disturb you know a, a, a team going into the playoffs, correct? Yeah, that's true. So. Beat them. But you, we see that strategy used in in college. We see it used in high school. We see it used in the pros sometimes. I guess like I'm talking about minor leagues, of course, where you just try to lull the other team to sleep. They have so much momentum. Yeah, it's it's just take a long time to get out there. And baseball has done a lot better job with that with with mound management and uh, coaches going out there yeah. and that's timed. So it's been a lot better. But that's very interesting too. If you just have a team that's going triple barrel, like you said, that's a great way to say it, right in that bullpen, and you're just waiting. And just everyone's waiting. just, okay, well, this is a Major League Baseball game. We have and you fans. get more frustrated. You're just in the on-deck circle or in the dugout just going, come on, let's go. Figure it out. And it's not about impatience. It's just like, dude. It's a Major no, League Baseball it, game. It's a part of the flow of the game, and you're taking it away. So, anyway. Um Obviously, we have uh, so many things on the rules. Now, here's one that comes from the players. And I th- these are my favorite ones because it really challenges owners, I think, and management when it comes to, um, you know, thinking about the tanking. We're going to do a four- or five-year rebuilding plan. Mm-hmm. Draft position. I like this one a lot. So okay. it's going to be a certain win percentage, or is it going to be yes. a certain – So okay. for the last 55 years – Major League Baseball's draft order has been determined strictly by winning percentage. So we know if you have the worst winning percentage, you're going to get the first pick. Mm -hmm. So easily, if you can tank, and you could tank worse than another team, (laughs) you're getting the number one pick. So what Major League Baseball Players Association, which I find fascinating because the players really are showing, we want to win. This is why we are playing here. This is blah, blah, blah. I love that. This is telling the owners. This is telling management. Here it is. Do you want to win? Split. This is how the number one draft position is going to be taken. Split between winning percentage and procedures baseball uh, uses to determine which clubs receive revenue sharing. So recipients of the revenue sharing. Are you a recipient? If you're a low mar- if you're a small market team, and you want to tank. You got to think twice about that. Where do you lie within? So that, like, affects maybe more of a Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they're they're taking more money than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So you do, it, it's something about a division of that and winning percentage, and you can come up with your actual number one pick. See, I like this rule a lot because think about it from a player's perspective. Say I've, I busted my whole butt to get to the big leagues, mm-hmm. and – I'm stuck on this team, and I'm playing for three years there, and I know they're going to tank for three seasons, and I'm wasting my career and my competitive fire on this team that I know. Like, no one's talking about it, but we know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Guys are getting put in spots that shouldn't be put in. Pitchers are starting that you're going, what the hell is going on around here? And you're wasting three years of your valuable career. I believe the last time I checked, the average big league career was six years. So for some guys, it could be half their career. That yep. they're just tanking. How pissed off would you be if you were in that situation? Now think about that in a work life situation. Well, every, Maybe if you're a teacher or P, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna say, Well, these guys make so much money, dude. Their minimum is this. It's like just oh God. No, that's, that's the they job. don't make money. Those guys specifically do not mm-hmm. make money that are only in the big leagues for six years. They're getting completely screwed over. Okay, you're a professional athlete, you're a big leaguer, oh, just go open up a hitting clinic. No, that doesn't work. That's that doesn't what happens. It's not what happens. So, 
from that perspective, if you if you put yourself in the player's shoes, this has got to piss you off more than anything if you have any competitive bone in your body. And if you're thinking, well, FP, if I know we're taking for the three years, and, you know, by that fourth year, and I know I might be still around my fourth year, what does it matter? We're going to be in the playoffs in the fourth year. No, it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed, and you're going to be stuck like Joey Votto. Like, yep. poor Joey Votto. That guy's having a Hall of Fame career. He's only well-known, really, in the baseball circle. He should be a national name. He's not, because he's stuck on a team. Now, I'll give the Reds credit. They are trying they're, they're extremely hard. They're trying this year. They're absolutely hard. trying. They're trying to make absolutely. trades. They're going for JT Real Muto. They're signing guys that you're kind of scratching your head because you're like, they have no business doing that. But that's how it should be, man. And they finally said, you know what? We're not doing this. We're gonna we're gonna be different, and you know what? In that, I guarantee you, you'll see in this next free agent market in the next couple of years, guys are gonna respect the hell out of that, and they're gonna get guys because they're like, you know, these guys are trying. No matter what happens, they're trying, and I want to go play for an owner like that. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I, I and where you where you draw the line with with the Reds and what they're trying to do this year? Yes, they did try tank for a while. They were they were terrible. But at the same time, they're answering the bell right now. Yes. And, and you can say the same thing about, like, the Cubs and the Astros. Look, look, it benefited this whole thing. But no team should go into a year thinking, you know, don't tell me they're not talking about it. We're going to lose 100 games. They mm-hmm. had to have talked about that. Those three years for the Astros, they knew they were going to lose 100 games. Whether they benefited or not from it, I, I, I'm just – I'm not into it. Mm-mm. I'm not into the tanking thing. I want you to go every game – every year, every spring training to win. Well, don't you want to see the most competitive package on the field? I want to make sure that even if my team is good too, say that I'm the Houston Astros and I'm just stacked this year. I'm the Boston Red Sox. I'm stacked again this year. Or the, I'm the Yankees. Like as a Yankee, Red Sox, or Astros fan, during this season, I want them to play the best competition. I want to watch good baseball. I don't want to see them steamroll teams every single night. I don't want them to say, oh, well, you know, they're they're playing so and so again, and this is going to be a ten nothing blowout. And whether it is or not, whatever. But you just have like, oh, look at we're going to win this series. And is that exciting baseball to you? No. Do you want your team to tank so that way they're good, and then other teams suck around you like everybody really sucks? Or do you want to see? Okay, I want to see the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. Maybe not the best example right now, but let's go for um, the Angels and the Mariners. I want to see them at the top of their damn game right now against the A's who just came off a great season mm-hmm. and against the Astros, and I just want the AL West to be stacked and sick. But what did the Mariners do? Traded everybody away. Traded everybody away. Doing the old tank card. But thank God they got Mitch Hanager. Exactly. And you know what? It's really sad. The only really division you can look at in all of baseball, there's only one division where it's competitive throughout, and that is the NL East right now. That's it. Mm-hmm. And even the Marlins, though. No, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm going. Central? I'm going Central too. Okay, yeah, Central's. They're. Yeah, the Pirates. They don't tank. No. The Cardinals don't tank. I mean, you could. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're, I mean, Huntington came out and said they're not going to pay. They're not. It's useless for them to even offer that stuff. I mean, that that kind of was a little questionable what he said. But the Pirates have put out a competitive team for year after year, and they traded for Chris Archer. Yes. So that tells you that which was tra- a stupid trade. I love it. But I also think it's a stupid trade because you gave up so many good pieces. Anyway, yeah, uh, there, I mean, yeah, you you bring up so many good points, and I, I just think that w- when you look at this whole thing as a 
athlete, as a competitor, you want to go out and win. And if you're going to go out and compete, you're not just out there com- going because every single fan, I mean, I'm talking like 90% of fans are always talking about the money of that they make. So it doesn't matter if they lose. But it shouldn't be about you're the pissed record. Off, but you're pissed off that they're losing, right? Yep. You, I mean, you, you're going to go home and say, like, man, I wasted my money, but those guys are making all this money. They should bid a better effort. It's like, put out a better team, right? Put out a better team, stop trying to tank. And so I, I love where the, the players are on this one. Yeah, I, I think do. they hit it right on the head. For, for so many things that they did, I feel like the players did wrong in the in the CBA last time. They're starting to they're starting to win me back again. They're starting and to figure it out. It's not going to be a perfect system, though. No, That's, look, uh, look you, you can't go into that mindset like, okay, they're going to change this how the draft works. It's going to be a lot better. Well, they might find some ways around it in the beginning, and then you got to keep on working on it again and again. But I think it's a step in the right direction. So where this leads to is the union wants to award extra draft picks early if a team, a revenue sharing recipient. Right, one of these low small market teams that's that's receiving money from these upper echelon teams, uh, if they make it to the playoffs, that means they're spending their money, or maybe they just got lucky in a year where all their minor leaguers came up and they dominated. Anyway, uh, they would get a, an extra or maybe two extra draft picks early, like a uh, compensatory pick. Mm. I think that is fantastic. Now, even more than that, I think the players said. In, in in doing this one and negotiating or not even negotiating but throwing this proposal out there that later draft picks to a, a, a revenue sharing recipient who has a winning record look it, these teams they all they're trying to do is get the best players right in the draft and try to load up their minor league system mm-hmm. well okay so the teams that are are tanking and doing that trying to get that why 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 should they benefit every single time they shouldn't and the this team is a that's great... going out to competing and and receiving money from all these teams and in, in the revenue sharing, if they continue to you know get a piece here, maybe they don't have to get a lot. They don't. It's a but great. If they go out and spend and they go out and win. You should benefit. I agree. I agree. And it's a great balancing system if you think about it too. So say the Tampa Bay Rays just suck and they have the lowest revenue for like ten years, but then they get ten years worth of good prospects and then they go on a, a little run where they're good for five years. They're starting to make revenue, and people are starting to show up. And then it teeter totters. Okay, no way they're showing up at the drop. You <laughs> well, know that. Come on now. Well, think about it. Just think about it this way. And Baltimore now is put in a spot where nobody's going to their games, and now they're going to be rewarded with that system. And it's going to teeter totter like that. But they still have to be competitive, though. They still have to try. And oh yeah. And then the revenue starts switching around, and teams start to have more money. Okay, now say the Tampa Bay Rays after they made their money. They're, they're starting to lose money now because they don't have that good of a team. Well, now they still have money to go get prospects. And now it's, okay, they can actually try to sustain it. It's going to be a more sustainable system. So numbers-wise, we'll see if it works out that way, but I think you're betting a lot on people showing up. And maybe Tampa Bay has to move somewhere. Maybe you have to move to Montreal. Maybe you have to move uh, to Port- heard Portland, uh, Oklahoma great City, place. Great place. Uh, Tennessee even. See, I, don't, I don't like Oklahoma City as a major league baseball town. Bricktown's awesome for the minor league team. Keep it that way. I don't know if they show up all, all the time for it. No. You, got, you got damn tornadoes everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be fun. Yeah. In the middle of summer. Well, you got the sirens going off and everything, but yeah. No, there, there's so much that baseball is now addressing. And it's like, 
I think a little bit of me is thinking that the owners and, and commissioner are starting to understand that, oh, God, we cannot go into a stoppage. Mm-mm. And if they do, both sides are idiots. They, they, they really is. It right? is. I mean, it's basically the Cold War all over again. Like you're right? just you're just wasting money. You're wasting resources. Uh, you're killing your sport, number one. And you made this point a while ago to me. Uh, there's no steroid era. There's no home mm-hmm. run chase to resurrect it. I really want to know die. what would be the what would be the next thing. What would be the steroid era? Because the steroid era is what basically brought basically it brought excitement back to the park. It brought fans back. What's the next steroid era if there is a strike? What is it? You're gonna have to maybe do the whole uh, dude. The everyone soccer going thing? taking bong hits. <laughs> yeah, like the whole te- all teams are are now high. We're gonna play baseball high. Do you think people would pay for that? Some people would. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I was more of thinking maybe they they do something drastic like they try oh. to do in the Champion League where it's half seasons and then you like the, you make tally marks the, and you get relegated. Yeah, you get relegated. That would but be see, drastic. It, it would be awesome. I have thought about that. I was like, what if they did? What if they did have relegation? What if there was like a 12-league major leagues, six teams National League, six teams American League, and everybody got relegated if you didn't make it, if you didn't make that threshold? Mm. That'd be nuts. That's what happens, by the way. So if you don't know what relegation means, it means if you don't win, if you don't make this winning percentage, you get sent down to a lesser league. and you play with first, you're last. Exactly. So Uh, there's so much incentive to perform because you're losing so much money if you're not in the – Premier League, quote-unquote, as they say in soccer. No, for sure. I, I, I see there's so many things that we could go. We could go so far into this one. Uh, tri- some AAA towns like Lehigh Valley. I mean, I, dude, you talk about one of the most insane, best AAA places to ever play. That's that's a spot. They get 10000 almost every night. That's awesome. What if they made that into a major league park, right? Okay, so we're. I'm just this – is, this is outside-the-box thinking because – if we wanted to get into relegation, you had to think teams that are down there have to move up. Mm, so the AAA teams can move up, technically. You know, it, That'd it, be kind of so interesting. Many, but there's so many things. that it's ne- It would obviously never happen, but there's so many because of soccer being. That's so interesting. So say you have to, well, the, the thing is you have to build a big stadium, and mm-hmm. that would be a drawback, the big drawback, first and foremost. But say the Tampa Dude, Bay Rays suck. What if, what, what if they're what, – Exactly. What if the Rays get relegated? And next thing you know, it's a town. Play in the teams are going to tr- to Trop to play. Yeah. Right? What if it's like Sacramento or it's uh, Durham? Yeah. In in Carolina, like yeah, it's just like <laughs> that'd be awesome. There, there's so it. many things that you, like, hey, all right, let's incentivize more things. I mean, but look, that's never going to happen. It's I a wish. it's a funny thought because I, I, I we wish see it happen don't. at the the world's most popular sport in soccer. It works. Yeah. Would it work in baseball? I think you'd have to have a, a crazy simulation experiment, which you know well, baseball's good at that right now. The only thing it wouldn't work, you'd have to add more franchises. Have to add more franchises. There would be right. There's so, there's so, so many to thoughts me, behind this. The coolest part about it is imagine you're in uh, Durham, Carolina, and uh, the Yankees are coming to play the Bulls, and you have Aaron Judge <laughs> putting balls into streets and into windows. Oh, How awesome would that be? The whole town would show up. Exactly. It would be fantastic. I would, I mean, that would just be incredible to me. And then, like, you start expanding. All right, well, now we know we're going to be in the Premier League next year. We're going to have to build real quick. We're going to have to. Is this the Outside the Box podcast? (laughs) Is there an Outside the Box? Probably. Every name has been taken by every podcast. But 
F.P. Santangelo Jr. and Kevin Franzen, we wanted to talk a little bit about the new rules that had been proposed and some, you know, not even rules, but more or less some uh, proposals by both the Major League Baseball and Players Association today. Um, I, 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 Both of us are in agreement. That's good. They're talking. That's a huge thing. Big. And we're, I don't think talking, people realize that. For weeks we've been talking strike because of the free agency lockout. We are more or less talking, how do we resolve this? How can we get going on the same page? Exactly. That, to me, is a bigger thing right now. Very positive. That's fantastic. I just hope that one side doesn't buckle too much for the other. Because even if it is for the players, or Let's even just hope if it is for the no, owners. Like chefs. Let's just hope there's no chefs in the CBA. you got to make sure that there's both chefs home and road. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's big. Personal health, all that good stuff. Yeah. But if you really think about it, you don't want the players to overstep too much because then that will just cause a huge, huge elephant in the room, and you don't want the owners to take advantage of the Players Association because then players are going to get pissed, and then they're just not going to play, and then it's going to lead to a strike anyways. So it's good. They're talking. Let's see where it ends up, and let's hope for the best. I couldn't agree more. That, my friends, is the Harry outside the box. Is that Harry? 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 I took care of it. Did you ever see that movie, Youngin? I did not. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah, Harry took care of it, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, it's all, it's all mesh now. For FP Santangelo Jr., I'm Kevin Franzen, and you've been listening to a no-named, unnamed, who knows what the hell this kind of podcast is, but it was for your listening pleasure. You know Before we're gonna... everyone else takes our takes. <laughs> True. How about that? Before everyone else takes our takes, podcast. I like that. Or you know what? I was just going to have somebody, uh, I'll send out a tweet, and we'll try to figure this out where we, uh, you know, we vote on a name. We'll come up with like four different names, and whatever gets voted the most, I like it. By the way, somebody- For the Phillies this year, dude, I'm supposed to be doing, you know, a podcast every day. What if you were with me on this? I would love to do it. I would absolutely love to do it. By the way- We hate you. I'm a, I'm a baseball fan first, damn it. I never had a, a, a one team. It was always the team my dad played on, and I did have a soft spot for the Giants, but yeah, we did. won't talk about that. Anyways, uh, how about this one? This has been brought to my attention before. Uh, FP in a pod, because it's like a P in a pod. How about Kevin and FP in a pod? Mm. Kevin, Kevin P in a pod. <laughs> Kevin P in a pod. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll think about it. How about it. Kevin and a junior pod? Okay. I don't know. That's weird. We'll think of it. We'll think of something. Kevin NFP. Wait, that no. Can't have that. No, can't have that. Definitely can't have that. But we'll yeah, let's it work out. on that. We could do that. We could just do this randomly and talk because, you know, that's what we like to do. We do. And we have good conversations, too. Well, thanks right, for having friend. me uh, on doing this first no-name podcast. Yeah, and whatever the hell we're ever going to name this, the no-name, whatever, doesn't matter because we did it. Yep. Boom. I like, you know what, I'm going to go with this tonight. We're going to close this out, even though we're going to eliminate pretty much the entire thing of this right here. Why don't we just call this Stealing Our Takes podcast? Okay. Steal Our Takes. Steal Our Takes. I like that. Steal Our Takes. No, wait, 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 wait. Because you know how insane I am on this. We can eliminate all this and just say, for tipping takes podcast <laughs> tipping takes i love it right okay we, we were, we're getting there i like that a lot tipping takes tipping takes dude i'm in all right let's you do in? this 
All right. So let's Fired go. Up. Tipping Takes podcast. FPC Angelo Jr., Kevin Franzen. Peace.